Funding for WPLN News comes from you, our listeners, and Bernstein Private Wealth, working with creators and innovators to invest with intention and build the legacy they want to leave behind. More at Bernstein.com. I'm Khalil A. Colonna, and this is Nashville. Have you ever been described as being stubborn as a mule? Look, you don't have to defend yourself. We get it. Mules are steadfast in their presence, and they get the job done. Though sometimes you may have trouble coaxing them to do the work. Sounds like the average teenager to me. But in all seriousness, mules are some hardworking animals, and in Murray County, people gather to celebrate these loyal beasts. How was Mule Day started? What is the event like? Later this hour, we'll take you out to Mule Day, and we'll learn more about these hardy workers. But first, on Friday, a federal judge issued a temporary injunction on Tennessee's proposed drag show restrictions, which are set to go in effect on, we're set, pardon me, to go in effect on Saturday. In a 15-page decision, Judge Thomas Parker said that the law was too vague and is overly broad. The challenge to the law was brought to the courts by the Memphis-based Friends of Georges, a theater group that raises money for the LGBTQ community. Shelby County District Attorney Steve Mulroy has stated that he does not object to the temporary pause. Here with me now to talk about the injunction and what the next steps could be is Veronica Electronica, drag queen for 20 years and former guest of the show. Joining her is WPLN's Mariana Bacayao. Thanks to you both for being here. Welcome back to This is Nashville. Thanks for having us. So, Mariana, can you tell us about the plaintiffs? What's their argument? Uh, well, Friends of George's, like you said, it's an LGBTQ theater company. They do original plays and skits to raise money for nonprofits. And they argue that the law violates their right to free speech and that the language of the law is overly broad. In this filing, they write that they have an all-ages drag show coming up pretty soon, and they want to be sure they won't be criminalized for it. So the judge sided with this theater group. Why? Uh, judge Thomas Parker, a Trump-era appointee, he agreed, and in his ruling says lawmakers, quote, miss the mark. He also asks what a lot of people have been asking about, what sorts of locations the law would apply to. He points out that it's unclear if the restriction would apply to a private home or a campground at a national park. Uh, it's just too broad, he says, when other First Amendment constraints are very narrow and specific. Mm -hmm. Now, the defendants named in this case are Governor Bill Lee, Tennessee Attorney General General Jonathan Skirmetti, and the District Attorney for Shelby County. What did they argue? The state argued that the theater company's all-ages drag show wouldn't violate the law because it's not harmful to minors, which is interesting because there's really a disconnect between the public messaging around this law and what this law as written actually does. It was talked about as a ban on drag in public spaces. It was introduced after a Jackson City Republican tried to stop drag shows from happening in public parks in his own hometown's pride celebration. But the proposal got watered down as it went through the General Assembly. And what's left is just the obscenity laws that are already in place with the addition of, quote, male or female impersonators, which is a reference to drag without outright putting it in the law. There's a sense from legal advocates that the intention of this law alone and the messaging around it 
will have a chilling effect on the drag scene and larger LGBTQ community in Tennessee. So the state saying that an all-ages drag show is fine and doesn't violate the law kind of begs the question, what exactly is this law regulating? And the judge writes that the state hasn't given him an answer yet. Uh, but as for Memphis DA Stephen Mulroy, he seems to agree with the plaintiffs that there should be an injunction. His office hasn't said whether it will be enforcing the law. All right. So he agrees. Tell us what's unusual about this injunction. So this law has been temporarily blocked. Uh, that's pretty normal in cases like these. A law that would have required trans-friendly businesses to put warning signs outside their bathrooms was also temporarily blocked and then struck down altogether. But that injunction was good for several months. This injunction lapses in just 14 days. It's a little unusual, but this whole lawsuit has been made of pretty quick turns. It was filed a week ago today, mm. and an injunction was granted Friday night, just hours before this law was set to go into effect. Uh, that could be indicative of how the judge is feeling. He writes that he sees three ways the plaintiffs would ultimately succeed using their First Amendment argument. All right. Now, Veronica, I want to turn to you. Tell us, how are you feeling now that this law has been blocked for 14 days? Well, I think that it's amazing progress that we have amazing advocates on our side that are fighting the fight and that there are orga countless organizations throughout the state, um, including that wonderful organizations out of Memphis. So I'm glad that, you know, we've been saying this all along since the bill's inception, that it is too vague. It does not stand, uh, you know, up to merit. It violates, you know, First Amendment rights of all citizens, especially LGBT citizens. So I'm glad that somebody with a gavel is able to bring that to the attention of the state. The, the state knew what they were doing. They heard us say exactly these things well, you know, while we were in subcommittee and committee and on the floor of the General Assembly. So I'm just so glad that we finally have proof that there is grounds here for this law and these bills to be violating uh, the First Amendment. So I'm glad that it's happening. I'm hoping that the um, that the lawsuit will continue in our favor and that between now and the end of the 14 days, um, a, a bigger decision will be uh, will be found and the, the law will be taken off of the books uh, permanently. Uh, and if if the state does that by amending its current um current laws to to you know to satisfy their base or whatever that's fine but the the language in identifying uh male and female impersonators um really just doesn't need to be there it's a danger to um especially our trans brothers and sisters that language and it just doesn't need to be there and um, we all want our children to be safe but we have bigger problems in the state like uh gun safety and uh, it has nothing to do with um, drag shows or, or anything like that. So we, we have other bigger fish to fry, and I'm hoping that the state government will finally see that. Well, on, on that note, some of our guests on the show have shared that there's a real fear in the LGBTQ community after the shooting last week. Has that affected your plans at all? No. I'm sorry, I couldn't get you. No. No, not at all. Okay, so but since the Covenant School shooting, there have been many attempts to scapegoat pardon me, the trans community. How do you respond to that? You know, I, um, I'm choosing not to answer that question because um, it's a very sensitive topic. Um, I am not 
uh, I am not transgender. Um, you can, I think you can fill, fill up a whole entire show with that. I'm here to speak about the drag bill and how it affects me as an entertainer. All right. Well, tell me, what are, what are your hopes for the next steps in this legal challenge? I just really hope that the um, that the lawsuit goes in the way that it's going and that the state realizes that they're fighting a losing battle and that they could be spending time and efforts um, and our taxpayer money in much better ways and that these uh, politicians from these small cities uh, you know realize that they can't uh, vilify LGBT people um, in, in laws like this, but there are so many uh, on the books right now in the slate of hate if, in Tennessee, as well as many other states, um, have just been really super laser focused on LGBT people, especially trans people, and trying to vilify them uh, with uh, access to health care and access to our First Amendment rights. And it's just, it's crazy. And I hope that this judge. Um, and his message and his response to this uh, to this bill will get finally get it through their head and other states will stop pursuing bills like this because they see that it's already being challenged in court with a pretty good list of reasons why it wouldn't it wouldn't hold up in the in the court system. So I'm just hoping that some of the other states will just drop their bills and not pass the laws altogether. Veronica Electronica is a drag performer and LGBTQ rights advocate. She was joined by WPLN's Mariana Bacayal. You can find our ongoing coverage on the state's proposed restrictions at WPLN.org. Veronica, Mariana, again, thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for having us. We have to take a short break. When we come back, we're taking you out to Mule Day to learn more about this long-running festival. Have you been to Mule Day? How was your experience? Tweet us at This Is Nashville. We'll be right back. Kaleole Colonna, and this is Nashville. Every spring, the people of Murray County gather to celebrate mules. The event is known as the Mule Day Festival. What goes on there? What can people do? What is a mule? We sent our special correspondent, Chris Crofton, known to many Nashvilleians as the Advice King, to Columbia, Tennessee, to check it out. Check, 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 check. Okay, check, check, check. Hey, 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 hey. Hi, I'm uh, hey. Chris Crofton, and hey. I'm here in Columbia, which hey. is um, hosting the Mule Day, and this is Mule Town Coffee. Yes, my name is Elena Rhodes. I'm 31, and I am from Santa Fe, just outside of Columbia. We're at the Mule Town Coffee Shop, which is on the square here in Columbia, which is much more hipster than I expected. <laughs> um, are you excited about Columbia becoming like a hipster place? Yeah, yeah. It's it's been fun to watch Columbia grow over the years because I've been here my whole life, and it it's uh, grown a lot. And there's a lot more to do around town now, so it's been fun. So Mule Day is happening now, and 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 I suggested to you that maybe I should get kicked by a mule. I should try and provoke one of the mules for NPR. Like it might be nice to catch on tape me actually being kicked by a mule, but you said no. I just don't think it would feel too good. You know, I've been I've been kicked by a horse before, and it it it's not good. It, it'll linger with you for a while. You'll be in pain. <laughs> how are, how did you get kicked by a horse? 
Uh, I was training a new horse that I had, and I, I guess I did something to spook him when he was behind me, and he turned around and kicked me right in the back. Did you fly through the air like in a cartoon? Not, not quite. Not quite. Maybe if I'd been a little bit closer to him. Do you think I'm going to get kicked by a mule today at Mule Day? I hope not. I don't think so. Do you have any mule-flavored fa- lattes here? No. <laughs> Do you, you ever garnish any of the lattes here with mule hair? I've thought about it. <laughs> I'm Renee Lance with Murray County Visitors Bureau. And? Tammy Southern with Murray County Visitor Center. I'm surrounded by mule... Uh, propaganda here. So you guys definitely seem like the right place to ask a couple questions about uh, Mule Day. Tammy, in your experience, are people in Maury County stubborn like mules to be on brand, for example? Do the kids like Mule Day or are they like, Mom, I don't want so to go to Do you go to the Mule Day or do you just like hype it and then I'm stay I'm just wondering home? how long you've been interacting with mules or hearing about Do you ever get tired of hearing about mules in this town? No way. Is this because mules are great or because mules are a great driver for the economy? I think mules are a great drive for the economy, and I think it makes us unique. Maury County is it still largely like agricultural? I mean, there are people still like yes. trading mules. This isn't just this no. isn't just theater. This is not. And actually, we were in the Grand Canyon um, last year, and the mules were from Columbia, Murray County. Oh, so, so you guys are like known for the actual mules, not we, just having Mule Day. No, no, no. It's it's huge. We are known around the world for the mules. Oh, so this is like the Clydesdales. Are famous from wherever. Where's Clyde? Like wherever Clydesdale. About yes. Yeah, Clydesdale, <laughs> wherever it is, England or something. Yes, that's what. Because you can't breed a mule with a mule, so you know how you get a mule, right? I read about it on on the internet oh, you did? last night. <laughs> <laughs> I was under the impression they were standalone animals, but it turns out that they are not. Yes, it's a it's a horse and a and a donkey mm-hmm. that makes a mule. Hi, this is Chris Crofton reporting for NPR. This is Nashville arriving at Mule Day. There's, I see mule dung in the high school parking lot. I'm right next to Central High School in Columbia. The parking lot, I think I might be in the wrong parking lot because I am now exiting with the entire student body. School has just gotten out. It's Wednesday? I'm Chris Crofton, and I'm reporting uh, for uh, NPR. This is Nashville about Mule Day, and I am here in uh, Columbia, Tennessee, awaiting the arrival of the mule train. And uh, I'm looking at a mule. There's a mule right here, and he looks very handsome, or she looks very handsome. <laughs> My name is Gus and I'm nine years old. I have fun. I like watching the mule pole. The mule pole. I watched it on YouTube. Yeah, I watched it. it. We have it in the dirt arena over there. Dirt arena. That's cool. Does it get crazy? Are people like are people like rooting for their favorite mule and yelling and screaming? Yeah, sometimes. Does, really- does it get rowdy? Has there been a has there ever been anybody as a, I guess I'm, for some reason, just as a person who doesn't know much about mules, I'm always imagining people getting kicked all the time. But I don't think it happens as much as you probably think, right? No, it doesn't really happen very much. And are mules nice? Would you say mules are nice? Um, yeah. The ones that I've been around are, have been nice. How about donkeys? Have you ever met a donkey? I've been around one or two donkeys. How do you compare the two? Like, what, is, is a mule nicer than a donkey? Is a donkey, does it, how's a donkey's attitude? Are they sn- snooty? 
a donkey is, um, I like mules better than donkeys because I don't really know why. Here come the mules. Joining me now, thanks to our Mule Day correspondent, Chris Crofton, for that report. Joining me now are some of the folks who make Mule Day happen. I'd like to introduce Harvey Spann, who helped restart the event in 1974, and Louise Mills, the head of PR. Harvey and Louise, thanks for joining us, and welcome to This is Nashville. Thank you very much. Thank you. Really appreciate you both being here. So we just heard the mule wagon arriving last Wednesday. That's a pretty big moment for the Mule Day Festival, right? Harvey, set the, set that scene for us. Well, the, actually, the mule wagon train leaves uh, out of at a designated place away from the park on Monday of the week of Mule Day, and they travel three days around the country, or two days basically around the country, and the third day they leave that destination and come back to Murray County Park. About it's how- usually about. 30 to 50 wagons, families, uh, some horseback riders, some muleback riders go along with them. So it's a pretty big event. And the third day, they come in here. And that's one day prior to the Mule Day festivities starting, which start on Thursday. How many people line up on the streets to welcome the mule wagon train? Very many of them. Quite a few, actually. Uh, it being a Wednesday, uh, things here at the park have gotten underway as far as preparing for Mule Day and for the people coming to camp. We have several hundred people that come and camp during Mule Day, and they're usually always here on Wednesday before the wagon train gets here. So especially the new people that are coming to Mule Day this year, we've let them know when the wagon train is going to arrive, and they will line the streets in both directions from the park here, which at Murray County Park, is where the the event is held. But uh, people really look forward to the train coming in because that's a lot of people's first sight of mules and wagons together. Mm-hmm. That sounds pretty cool. Now, Louise, we just heard a little bit from this year's event. Tell us, how did it go? This year's event was fantastic. We did have a little, uh, one little hiccup when the, the storm came through on uh, Friday night, but Everything cleared out, and we had a fantastic parade on Saturday. No one was injured during the storm, were they? No one was injured. No no accidents that, that I know of. So I think everybody had a good time. Okay, tell us a little bit about the parade. The parade is usually made up around up about 350 or so entries. Um, it was very windy this year, so it was hard to hold on to your flags and stuff, but they made it through just fine. Um, it had it has a grand marshal, an honorary grand marshal, and a mule man. And we had Mike Wolf of American Pickers as our grand marshal. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's really cool. Now, I wonder with the storms, how, how do mules behave? When it's stormy, are they rather calm? Are they steadfast, or do they get a little freaked out because of the inclement? Probably weather? handle it better than we do. Okay. Okay. 
That, that, that's something good to know. Well, tell me this. Who was the honorary Grand Marshal? I, Louise Mills, had the privilege of being the honorary Grand Marshal, and I received that invitation because of the years of service that I've put into organizing in the club and so forth. Congratulations. Thank now, you. as the honorary Grand Marshal, do you get like a special scepter or a sash or anything like that? No, but I actually got to ride behind Mike Wolf in the parade. That's pretty cool. Now, now, Harvey, tell me, like, what are some of the highlights for you at this year's Mule Day? Well, this year's Mule Day had pretty much the same events that we have every year, but we had a, a new event, which was a, a packed mule demonstration that went on at two separate times here at Mule Day. And that gives everybody a little insight to how the pack mule is used out west and, and a lot of the mountain trips and so forth. And that was new. Uh, we had other shows that we added uh, this year, which was uh, loading, they call it feed time. And it's the use of the mule uh, in taking feed to the rest of the farm animals and so forth. And it's basically a mule or two mules pulling a sled and they haul feed around and and it was a judged event, so who did it the best and the most smoothly uh, and got the job done in the shortest amount of time were the winners, of course. And it's a spectator-judged a spectator judged sport, as we do with a lot of our events here. We let the, the clap of the, of the audience give us their winners. That's right. Vote by the people. Now, I, got a, I have a question. I'm concerned for these mules that were walking around feeding everyone. Do they get to eat first, or do they eat after the other livestock eats? I'd like to say that our mules here that come here are very well cared for. I mean, these people love their animals. They take good care of them, and, and they're, none of them are abused. They're very well cared for, and that is just a show, but in actuality, that goes a, a lot of our People that own mules try to find uses for them on the farm rather than just being parade animals. They actually use them in some events or some task at home. Mm-hmm. Well, tell me, how many people attended this year's event? It's just difficult to explain or number, give an actual number to that, but we had a real, not necessarily a record attendance, but we did have a real good attendance this year. All right. All right. How about the mules? How many mules are a part of Mule Day? That again, that's it's it's hard to count, but we our shows actually some of the shows we had uh well, for instance, we have a beauty contest for mules for those that don't know it's called a halter show for the mules and they show them uh against other mules and the confirmation of the mules, the condition of the mules, the how the mules actually act and everything make a make up the ones that win. Okay, so for the champion mules, what do they get? Do they get like a bushel of carrots? <laughs> no, they're they're give them the goodies uh, sometimes during and after and before the shows. But now what they get is a rosette, and some of them win win money. It's a sometimes it's a jackpot events and such as that. And if it is. Uh, they will they will win some monies. What's what's the biggest jackpot? I don't know. I'd be I'd be just to guess. It, it's not a, an enormous amount, but it's enough that it interests people to show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is really cool. Now, Louise, I can only imagine that you yourself 
are incredibly busy during the festivities. But tell us, what is your favorite event to watch? Uh, since I have been in the office uh, managing position for several years, I very seldom ever get out and actually watch any of the shows. So uh, it was a treat this year to see some things. And, uh, of course, the, the meal shows are always, always fun. That's right. Well, I'm glad you got to see it as the honorary Grand Marshal. If you're just tuning in, everyone, this is Nashville, and I'm your host, Khalil Lake Alona. We're talking this today about Mule Day with Louise Mills and Harvey Spann. Tweet us your comments at This Is Nashville. Now, we can't talk about Mule Day without talking to a mule owner, right? My next guest is just that. I'd like to welcome Kevin Vaughn to the show. Kevin, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. So, you're as a mule owner, I can only imagine that you get pretty excited for Mule Day. Tell us, how long have you been coming to the event? Um, ever since I was a baby, they brought me to uh, Mule Day, and it's been a family event that we try to go to every year. You've been doing it your entire life? Yes. Well, what are some of your favorite memories about Mule Day? Um, participating in the parade with other folks, uh, going over and seeing the mule pulling over at the fairgrounds. Uh, they have a lot of events for the kids uh, to participate in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Has Has there been one moment, like in a ch in childhood, that you just will rem remember forever? Uh, one time they had this mechanical bull set up out there, and I enjoyed that as a kid. Oh, you got on that? Yes. Yeah. How, how long were you able to hold on? Oh, I wasn't on very long. They took it easy on me right. because I was a kid. But uh, that that wasn't there this year, but. That, that was my most memorable time of meal day. Nice. Maybe one day. Maybe, That's right. Maybe now you can do the eight seconds, right? Could be. Okay. So, so how has it changed? How has meal day and the events, how have they changed over the years? Uh, they have different events over there. Uh, like this year, I watched the uh, log pulling that they had. Uh, sometimes they have it where they load the logs onto a wagon, which is a very skilled event for the old timers to participate in to uh, How big are these logs? Uh, they're anywhere from a stovepipe size to probably a, um, a dump truck tire. What? That's a pretty big log. So these mules are pulling that? One mule can pull a big log like that? Yes. Strong animals now. Now, Louise, you know, Kevin mentioned something about kids' events. How about the kids? Like, what is there for them to do on Mule Day? Well, we always have events for the children to, because they get tired of looking at the mules and um, all the pretty stuff up there. But there are things that the children can enjoy anywhere from inflatables to pony rides to um, the the water balloon things where they get out in the water and ride. I got to see that this year, and I hadn't seen that before. So that was kind of neat where the the kid gets in that balloon, and then they zip him up, and he goes out in the water and plays. Oh, man, that sounds fun. I can do I can, I can. Underwatch, but there's a lot of things for the children to do as well as things for them to eat um, and just keep the children entertained. What is your favorite meal day treat to eat? Uh, probably the fried Snickers. Fried Snickers. You know, I haven't had lunch yet, so thank you, Louise, so much for that. That's something I'm going to have to try to find somewhere here in Nashville. Now, I understand that there is a queen of the court competition before the festival begins. 
Who was the queen this year? This year's queen was Addison Codling. And then she had uh, runners-up. Uh, the second place was Anissa Grimes. Third was Kennedy Bragg. Fourth was Ava Sykes. And then the uh, Congeniality Award went to Gabriella Reeves. So we had a nice group of ladies that represented Mule Day during all the festivities and and went around town promoting Mule Day for us. So that's the responsibilities of the Queen her and her yes. court, to promote the Mule Day festivities. Yes. Okay. Harvey and then t- they're award- they are awarded um, money. And they get a reward at the end of, of when they complete their, their term. Well, tell me, what goes into this competition? Well, they normally wear um, evening gowns, and then they have three judges that judge it just like any other pageant. When you see the pageant, you wouldn't know the Mule Day Court because they are dressed in in their gowns and and um, evening wear and all that kind of thing. They look really pretty, and they do this in uh, February. So by the time Mule Day rolls around, then they've had time to select what they actually want to wear during the festival. And when they do that, then it's a a more Western attire for them. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm wondering if they have to do anything like, you know, demonstrate how they can work with a mule or ride a mule. Uh, no, believe it or not, most of those girls don't know anything about mules. They've been raised in the city. Ah. We, we only had one lady this year that actually knew about the mules. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if mule trivia will be a part of next year's competition. <laughs> now, uh, Harvey, I want, do people sell mules at Mule Day? There's a lot of trading. Well, originally this was a trade day. It originally started out years ago as a trade day. And over the years we have had a mule sale, but because of, well, our local sale barn burned down, we stopped our mule sale. But a lot of private sales go on during Mule Day, both both for mules and for anything that is used uh, with the mule harness and and such. How much does a prized mule cost? Well, it would be scary to tell you. Uh, right now, uh, teams sometimes bring anywhere from fifteen to $30,000 uh, for a real nice team. And some of the number one teams, large mules, uh, they go higher than that. Wow. Uh, you know, it's a... It's a market-governed thing, and the fact is that mules are in short demand right now, it makes them worth more. Mm-hmm. I hear that. Now, now, speaking of prized mules, what is the top mule designation for the festival? Well, there's Queen Mule, King Mule, the king. and it can be a it can be a mare mule also. When we have our our uh, show here on the grounds, they crown a king mule. Well, who won this year? The mule that I'm not, I can't tell you. I'm just sorry I can't tell you who won it this year, but uh, it's one every year that wins it, and they they used to ride in the parade, but they don't do that anymore uh, because of the problems incurred with doing that. So, But they are here at the grounds with the show and the show is ongoing all day, so putting them in the parade, they wouldn't be able to show. 
Ah, is it, it, you know, mules need rest, particularly if you're the king mule. And uh, so tell me, what makes a winning mule? Like, what are some of the qualities that you're looking for? Confirmation, condition, uh, just general appearance. And, uh, you know, it's just judged like a beauty contest for horses or for mules. And they they judge them against the other mules. So it's it's normally a really attractive mule. Of course, you have to get an eye for that. You know, you develop that over the years and knowing, you know, what what is expected. But if you're getting a using mule, uh, personality is worth a whole lot as far as not necessarily good looks, but to get both of them together is a feat, and that's what drives the prices up for that particular mule. If they've got good personality and they are trained well, and so forth, they they bring more. And I would like to say something about uh, what was mentioned earlier about the mule being stubborn. And sometimes they do appear to be stubborn, but really they just have to be familiarized with what you want them to do. They have a learning curve just like we do, and you have to familiarize them with the territory they're in, the things they're going to be around, and all of that before the mule will get comfortable doing that. So. Uh, they're not necessarily uh, stubborn. Uh, I wrote an article years ago, and where in my article I said uh, mules are not as stubborn like people think they are. They're usually just smarter than the people handling them. Mm-hmm. I hear that. We could say mules are highly skeptical. Exactly. <laughs> and just trying to figure folks out. Now, Kevin, have you ever entered your mules for the top mule prize? No, I always just participate in the parade because— like Harvey said, with the way stuff is scheduled, you can't really participate in in stuff that's going on at the park that day and participate in the parade. Yeah. So I always do the wagon train and the parade. You ever think about maybe just entering into the competition one year? Uh, well, like Harvey also said, you got to have a really nice pair, and mine's made for working and pulling the pulling the wagon. So I don't really participate in any, uh, any of that, those events. I got it. You got working mules, not fancy mules. Correct. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll learn more about the origin of Mule Day, and we'll learn how mules are different from horses. Do you have a question about mules? Tweet us at This Is Nashville. We'll be right back. Khalil A. Colonna, and this is Nashville. This hour, we've been talking about the Mule Day Festival. The annual springtime event in Murray County celebrates this hardworking animal. Now, let's learn more about the history of the event and get to understand mules much better. Mule owner Kevin Vaughn and Louise Mills and Harvey Spann from Mule Day are still with us. Again, thanks to you all for being here today. Really appreciate it. Thank you. So I'm wondering, how did Mule Day start? Louise, can you tell us about the early origins of Mule Day? Well, actually, the first mule um, was given to our president, George Washington, by the King of Spain. And that was in, like, 1785. Uh, 
and probably a year later, there were enough owners in the in our country uh, that brought it up to like 83,000 mules. So everybody was interested in mules once they saw them. It's kind of like keeping up with the Joneses a little bit. You get yeah. a mule, everybody wants one. So what was Mule Day called back then? It was a, a Breeders' Day or a Traders' Day. And in 1934, uh, it became a Mule Day. But that was that was before our time. Mm-hmm. So for the during that time, it was discontinued, and then there was lack of interest for that. But in 1974, we had our first Mule Day here in Murray County. All right. Now, I, I, I want to go back a little bit to the 1800s. As we know, that was a very, very different time in the country. And um, now, in a 2007 interview, blues musician Doc Blakey said, quote, I was born in Columbia, Tennessee known notoriously around the USA as Mule Town. We have an event there that's called the Mule Day Parade. It's actually what put Columbia on the map. Mule Day years ago was a day where they sold enslaved people, mules, horses, but now people celebrate it and they have parades, but a lot of people don't know the true origins of it, end quote. Question for you, have any of you ever heard this history where enslaved people were sold at Mule Day? I have not. I have never heard that. I don't. I don't know what happened in the 1800s or 1700s because I wasn't around then. Yeah. So, um, uh, I not in my time anyway. I have not heard, ever heard that either. What I was brought up to believe that it was a day that farmers would come to Columbia to trade mules or to get their seeds to ready to plant for the the next year or this com- that coming year or to maybe trade pigs or buy chickens and stuff of that nature. All right. Well, thank you guys for that. Maybe that's something we can look forward to, look look into a little bit more on This Is Nashville. Now, now Harvey, tell me, the, the you know, the event had a couple pauses, one because of a world war, and second, as Louise mentioned, a lack of interest. But you started it back up. So take us back to 1974. What well, was- I won't take all the credit. I was, I was there. I was on the original committee that worked as a planning committee for the prospect of bringing Mule Day back. Uh, We knew the history of it in the past, and we just made an effort to study it and and, uh, actually to look at the feasibility of the Murray County Bridal and Saddle Club, which actually was only two years old then in its own name. And uh, we as a club decided that we would give it a try to put it on because there was still a lot of mules in Murray County, a lot of interest, and we had, we had uh, put out feelers to this, some of these people, and they were excited. So our club, like I said, was in its infancy, and so they allocated $500 for us to put on the first mule day. So uh, we started that. We got the backing of uh, the city, the county, and a lot of the people in the in the county, and we put on the first one, and it was a, a meager event hmm. that year. Uh, we had tried to put things in there that was used in 1934 in those those early years of Mule Day, and so uh, it has grown from that to what is going on right now. We still we still have a lot of the same Mule events that were used and done in the early in uh, the early times of Mule Day, but we've added some. Other shows, one in particular is the um, 
riding mule show, and it's a gated riding mule show because of our location here in Tennessee. There's a lot of gated mules, and that became a big interest, and we've added that since. But Mule Day has got a significantly larger budget now than we had at the beginning at $500, and we do uh, we're quite successful in the fact that we uh, work with the city, the county, and all the people in Murray County and from around the whole country, actually. They come from near and far to enjoy Mule Day and do things with us and, and actually give us ideas of things to do and whatever. But uh, we take great pride in the fact that it is a family-oriented, clean. We try to keep everything uh, there's no drinking allowed, uh, no foul language allowed. Uh, we try to do things in a manner that you can bring your family out here and your children and have a good time. Mm-hmm. We have people from all walks of life that come. Uh, we have anybody that wants to be involved in Mule Day and everything, they're welcome to come and we'll enjoy having them. So. All right. That that sounds pretty awesome. I, I, I'm happy that it's a family-friendly friendly event. You just got to watch your step to make sure you don't step in any mule dung because I'm sure it's plenty of that on the street. So let's take this time. I want to learn more about these animals. They're fascinating. Kevin, You know, I know that a mule off, is the offspring of a horse and a donkey, but is there anything particular about that combination that makes a mule? Um, no, not really. I mean, if you're going to have a horse, then you're going to breed a a horse with a mare and you're going to end up with a horse or a mare. But you take that jack and breed it with a mare and then you're going to have a mule. Okay. So it's a male horse and a female donkey. What about a male donkey and a female horse? Mule as well? Well, it's going to be a, a mare of a horse of some type. Okay. I um, mean, a mare is your female so your horse doesn't play any role in this because that's the male. So you get a jack, which is a donkey, male donkey, which we refer to as a jack, and then you get a mare, and then 12 months later, 11, 12 months later, you have a mule. Okay, so okay, how are mules different from horses or donkeys? Are they like, Are they able to physically do things that their parents cannot? Well, you're going to hear that... Kind of controversy, if you own a big pair of mules versus a big pair of horses, then you're going to be, the, whoever has the horse is going to say, hey, mine can pull more than your mules. Uh, that's just the preference of the person. Okay. Has anybody with horses ever come to you? You have two mules. Have they come to you and challenged you to a pulling contest? Uh, they have not. I mean, I do have a mare that I pull to a one-horse uh, buggy, a little buckboard, but my mules pull the big wagon. Okay. If you're just tuning in, this is Nashville, and I'm your host, Khalil Lake Alona. We're talking this hour about Mule Day with Louise Mills, Harvey Spann, and Kevin Vaughn. You can tweet us your comments at This Is Nashville. You have two mules now, Kevin. Did you grow up with them? Um, no, I just recently bought the pair I have. I, mules was always in my family. My uncles uh, always made a living with, with mules of, as far as cutting logs and stuff. It's basically two guys, a chainsaw, a pair of mules, and a log truck wow. that they made their living with. So I've been around the animal, but uh, I, I always rode in the parade with someone else. 
then when I got older, I was like, hey, I, I think I'd like to do this. But as Harvey said, I didn't know if I wanted to invest 30000 into a hobby. How so, much have you invested? Um, I'm probably around the 20000 mark with my wagon, the mules. And, and then you have your harness that's that's included in with that, too. Mm-hmm. Now, now, Louise, have you ever owned a mule? I have not. But my daddy used to plow with mules, so I remember those days. Now, Kevin, I understand like the big part of the the parade is for mule owners to ride around in their custom wagons. Now, from what I hear, your wagon is pretty lit, as the kids would say. Can you describe your wagon for us? Well, I bought my wagon, but it was set up to his standards, which just had two seats in it. Uh, so then I took it, tore it all apart, restored it, and made it into the vision that I that I had. I have uh, my parents are elderly, so they like to ride. So I had to add two more seats for those two. So we get out on the weekends and ride. But a lot of time is is put into folks' wagon, depending on you know how much they want to spend on it and how much time they want to. Tell me about some of the other features of your wagon. Uh, well, I've got lights on on it for I can ride at night. I have a horn on it, radio, uh, and you also got to have a bathroom, right? A bathroom on the wagon. That's right. That's pretty cool, and the seats are pretty comfortable. Are they like bucket seats or padded? Uh, I took mine out of a van seat, so nice. You there have the armrests, real padded seats. You can kind of lean back in them. Nice. Kind of like having a recliner at home and you're white riding. There you go. Now, how long did it take you to customize this? Um, I worked on mine about eight months, every, every chance I got. I worked on it after work. I'd work on it. Uh, I even brought the new year in working on it. Working on it. How'd your family feel? Did they say just Kevin's out there obsessing about his wagon again? Uh, they knew what I was working on, that I had a deadline of meal day, April 1st. I had to have it done, so... Uh, they was very understanding about that. Mm-hmm. Now, what color was it? What what color is it? Um, it's kind of a walnut-like color. Mm-hmm. You, like, paint and varnish it and everything? We, we did. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, so I got to ask you, how much did it cost? I paid 2000 for the wagon, and I probably have about 4000 in it now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's but- no time. That's not time. That's just... Material yeah. that I put on it, but you arguably have the best wagon at Mule Day. Uh, no, by no means, no. What? You no. mean somebody's outclassing your wagon? Oh, definitely. What are definitely. they doing? Well, I saw in the parade the other day they had the. It was, looked like it was a brand new stagecoach. Uh, so you're probably looking at a hundred grand for that. Wow, wow, that, that's a little that's a little show offy, if you ask me. Oh no, just what you want to put into your hobby. Okay, okay. Now you know. Like, tell us, like, Louise, you've been a part of this for so long, and it sounds like such a cool event. Tell me, like, what does Mule Day mean to you? Well, it means um, it gave me something to do after my children grew up and left me. Uh, And I didn't have anything else to do, and I became interested in the Brown Saddle Club, uh, became a member, and then got on the Mule Day committee, and... Uh, I, I had asked one of the older guys that was on it at the time, I said, how long do I have to stay on this committee? He said, till you die. 
<laughs> so I'm here after almost 40 years. That's right. Well, tell me this. How does it reflect the people of Murray County? Um, everybody talks about Mule Day. People locally, of course, you know, some people say that they're going to leave town on that weekend because it's so busy. But um, everybody talks about Mule Day, and it, it helps the vendors. Uh, it helps everybody out here. But it also brings in so much to Murray County. And the, the businesses, the hotels, um, the uh, gas and everything that they purchase while they're here, it benefits Murray County greatly. Mm-hmm. Now, next year will be the 50th year for Mule Day. Harvey, as someone who helped to get this event started up again, that's got to feel like a real accomplishment. Tell us, what can we look forward to next year? Well, that is in the planning stages, and I'm glad you mentioned that it is our 50th anniversary next year, so we're going to try to do some things that are a little different, but we can't change Mule Day as it is. I mean, we'll stick with pretty much the same events and everything that we have now, the parade and all the mule mule pulling and the mule shows, uh, and uh, of course, we have a, everything out here that you'd have at any other festival, like arts and crafts and and flea markets and the vendors and all of that, they'll still be a big participant in our future Mule Days. Uh, we are actually landbound uh, here at Murray County Park, and we can't expand a lot. But we're talking now about maybe having a uh, the semblance of a trade day again uh, that might go on at the same time as our Mule Day and possibly a mule sale in, in some respects. Mm-hmm. So it's all still in a planning stage and have no concrete plans set as of now. But well, well, we know one thing for certain. It's going to be, if it's not bigger and better, definitely going to be a lot of fun. I want to thank my guests for joining us today. Harvey Spann, the man who helped to refound Mule Day. Louise Mills, and the, he was the head of PR for Mule Day. And Kevin Vaughn, mule owner and wagging, wagon building expert. Thank you all again for being with us. And we want to thank everyone who tuned in this hour. Tomorrow, what to do with Middle Tennessee's trash is a real problem, and it's not going anywhere. How can we prevent ourselves from becoming Trashville? This is Nashville is a production of WPLN News in Nashville Public Radio. Listen back at thisisnashville.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Our producers are Steve Harouche, Rose Gilbert and Magnolia McKay. Our digital lead is Anna Gallegos Cannon. Michaela Elias is our technical director. Our executive producer is Andrea Tudhope. The masterminds behind our theme music are Laurent and Amir Blade. Special thanks to Chris Cofton. The conversation doesn't end here. Tweet us at This Is Nashville. Find us on Instagram and tell us what you want from our show by filling out our quick survey online. This is Nashville. I'm Khalil Ekelona. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. And be good to each other.